Well, hello friends, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I wanted to talk about how I got scammed on social media. And it's interesting because so often we see so many things that circulate on uh, social media that may go viral or um, people have strong opinions and you even champion the thought process or the cause of whatever the thing is. And I remember um, early spring, I was really at a point of just exhaustion at where I was with working on my body. And I remember this was maybe a little before I started working with my endocrinologist. And I remember I saw a lady on TikTok and she advised that she was a expert of helping women over the age of 40 lose weight and develop long-term skills and habits and just, you know, increasing your metabolism and doing different things to rev things up again and to, you know, how do you combat premenopause and menopause? So I was intrigued and I had followed her for a little bit. And I have to be honest, I can't say I followed her for six months. I, I must have saw a few of her posts and I was intrigued. She offered a consultation and I took it. At the time of the consultation, she also gave me her fees. Her fees were really high. And she had two levels. There was a level of membership where you work exclusively with her or about half the price you would work with her assistant. And because at the time when we're having the conversation and I just couldn't unload $4,000 to her, she then decided to put me on a payment plan or whatnot. And at the time in haste, which I normally don't do, I regretted within hours of giving my credit card number of doing the transaction. Because when I sat back and thought about it, I thought about how there's so much that we don't see on social media. And that there's all these professed gurus or experts. Everyone who jumps on social media, especially TikTok, has some angle, some perspective, something that they're expert in. And it sounds really good. And the algorithm is perfect. It knows how to reel you in. You know, there was a minute where anything that was premenopausal was in my algorithm. It was that and losing weight. And I would be on the next real, the next real, the next real. And I would look up and it's like, oh my gosh, I've spent at least a couple of hours looking at these different reels. And of course, all of them spoke to me, right? <laughs> you know, and, and when I peel back the layers of this, I didn't realize the layers of desperation for me had gotten that bad. See, I wanted more than anything at that time to just be thin. And I was willing to do anything for it. I had even thought about getting gastric bypass surgery. And at the time, I wasn't like I was 100 pounds overweight. It wasn't that I had any comorbidities either. But I was obese and I was obese class two. And even though I worked out and I ate healthy, I still wasn't seeing any measurable gains doing my fitness and meal on my own. And 
I had gotten to a point of desperation where I just wanted this problem at the time to just instantly go away. And I share this because this is how a lot of people get into situations. It's not that they're stupid. It's not that they're not educated. It's just that they've had something around their neck for so long that they just want to shake, shake it loose. And it just feels like this big tire that you're carrying around of burden, whatever the burden may be. And you just believe in your heart that this thing is going to be the thing that does it. And I remember when I started on my journey, initially I had like, I'll say five to six pounds initially come off um, the first couple of weeks of me, you know, working with my doctor. And I was ecstatic. Now, I will quickly say after those initial couple of weeks, the weight was really like one to two pounds. I mean, it was so freaking slow. And I remember seeing other people online talk about how quickly they were losing weight and the things they were doing. And I just felt like I was walking a slow dog. And by the time I made some decent progress, my then endocrinologist announced that she would be leaving the facility that she was working for and moving out of state. I then got switched to someone else. And I really didn't feel like this lady really supported me. And I say that because we did a lot of telehealth visits and I'm not going to say a lot. I, let me let me refrain. I believe we've had two telehealth visits. And those visits have been very brief and she hasn't given me a whole lot. And she was pleased with where things were going and she reiterated she really loves the fact that this has been going slow for me because it will be more sustainable and that she likes the fact that I have been consistent with my exercise program. And the one thing she said the first day we met was, I need you to incorporate strength training. And when she said it, I, this was something that I knew. It wasn't old news. It was something that I know most women, especially as we get older, we definitely need to add that to our repertoire. And I had every intention to. But just like life, we get comfortable doing the very things that we do, right? You get comfortable doing your routine. You don't want to be bothered. You're seeing some results. So why change? You know? And that was my thought. Like, hey, I'm already doing something. I'm seeing results. Why change? And then I realized that this isn't about the scale to a certain degree, because I want to clarify it. I had to really think about, I had to get really serious and dedicated for the rest of my life what activities could I feasibly do that if I never stepped foot in the gym and I was at home, what can I do to maintain this trek of health? And I had to really think about it. And there's tons of YouTube videos and part of me didn't want to do those because I would do a couple and then get bored. The other part of it too was I was concerned about hurting myself in form 
and I just wanted something that I could realistically do. And I started out walking. Walking is one of the most underrated exercises there is. And I remember instead of going to the gym, I started going to the park. And I love this because this was around the springtime and I would go in the middle of the day. And I would even sometimes go as soon as I got off work because it was still light outside. And if the weather was crappy, I may do something at home, but I wasn't going to the gym a whole lot. The gym didn't become paramount until maybe the fall. And I'll have to go back and look, but for a good few months. And the other thing I had to get honest about too was when I was doing my walks at the park, there was a variance of me and my speed, but the trail was the same overall, if you will. And I do still think that it was fruitful because it was all needed. But I also realized that I had to keep my body guessing. So one of the things I decided to do when I got back into the gym is to make sure that I worked out on the treadmill at an incline. And I remember I would see all these different things on YouTube and other social media outlets and And I said, you know, I want to work my way up. I'm not going to do what all these young so-called gurus are saying. I need to be realistic. And I want to really build my body. I want to build it from the ground up. And slowly but surely, I have. And this isn't a story about the lady who ripped me off, per se, or the doctor that really didn't seem to wow me at first. But it was really owning myself in the journey of this whole transformation. And what I realized is that, you know, even though I was feeling like my body was getting in the best shape, on the outside, it didn't show it for a long time. And I remember, you know, talking to my boyfriend and telling him I'm going to the gym. And I'm sure I didn't look like I was a gym nut. (laughs) I just looked like the same old me. You know, just going to the gym a little extra. And finally, it kicked over. Finally, people began to notice and and really comment on the drastic difference. But along with all of that, I was so invested in my results that doing things to sabotage just didn't come up on my radar anymore. Because I had got to the point where I was seeing my results. And it was like, hey, this is worth it. You know what? Nope, I don't need the Kit Kat. Nope, I don't need this. And I really, really tightened up on my eating. Because if I go back in time, there was a lot of opportunities I could have improved my eating. Now, there were periods of time, as I mentioned and recorded with my doctor. I did everything like a Bible for a decent length of time. And I don't mean just a few weeks. I mean a good a good couple of months. And that scale and my body did not seem to move or make any substantial changes whatsoever. And that was very frustrating. And after I got through this period of, I'll call it restriction, because that's the best way I can language this, I decided that I wanted to think about how would eating look for me until 
I was 98, 100 years old. Like, what is that going to look like? Because for a long time, especially during the summer, I was a big no-no when it came to alcohol. I knew that alcohol was really big on derailing people's success. And I'm glad I did derail it for a while. But I began to slowly add it back in, but only a very minimum. And when I show people the amount I drink, I think people think it's, it's, I'm lying. Like there's no way you're not hardly drinking anything, but it's the truth. I got to the point where the desire for it had just went away, believe it or not. I didn't feel the same way about alcohol. And then I became more proactive about making sure I had more things at home. And I will have to admit, this is still sometimes a opportunity of improvement. The biggest thing I can say, especially for women over 40, and in my experience, and I am not an expert whatsoever, is making sure you get enough protein. I had no idea how crappy my protein intake was. In my peer view, it was great. But when I did the math, I didn't have enough protein that I was adding into my diet. So I had to figure out how to get protein and I still have to work on it. And I I have thousands of apps and suggestions, but we live in real life in real time. And sometimes you don't want a cheese stick. Sometimes you don't want a smoothie. Sometimes you don't want the piece of chicken or whatever the the protein is. So I have to be very strategic on how I plan out some of the ways that I get in my protein because I can get bored very quickly. And this is the other thing too, know thyself. I, I had to get to a point where I had to get realistic with myself because I would have to almost trick myself at first to go to the gym. Like I couldn't look at the phone. I couldn't do anything because if I looked at my phone in the morning, especially on the weekends, not so much during the work day, work week, I would then convince myself, oh, I can go later. Oh, I can do something around the house and later would never come. So I began to make it a non-negotiable. I began to get to a process where I knew that in order for me to maintain where I needed to be, that I had to do some type of movement. But I also reframed it and looked at it as an opportunity to have my me time. And for everybody, working out is not gonna give them that satisfaction feeling, and I realize that. But what I will say is do things that you love, nothing that you don't want to do. And to be realistic about what your routine is gonna look like long-term. And I think I mentioned recently, I just started, you know, comfortably going to the gym section using the weights because I was doing a lot of the weight resistance at home. And I had to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. And when I did that little shakeup, the scale finally moved again because I've been at a plateau for a while. And it would make sense with the amount I've, you know, shed my body had to see something different. And with adding the weights and making sure that I am including the muscle groups that I need to, it has definitely been a new headspace for me. 
I still work at it. It is not a one size fits all. I had a situation today, I was at the gym and there's this exercise that I typically do. And for the life of me, I couldn't think to do it. And then I was trying to make sure I had the right position for this one exercise that I don't do that often. And I felt like I overdid that. And I share this with you because some days you're going to hit everything out of the park. But the goal is to keep going even on the days that you don't. And I think it's so easy to to say, oh, see, I still don't got it right. But what I want to share with you is just keep going anyway. Nobody's paying attention all like that. And the longer you stay consistent with you, you'll appreciate the fact that you kept showing up for yourself. We had one or two days recently in the last few weeks where the weather wasn't clement. I have a basement that has a weight bench and some other equipment. And sometimes I don't like working in my basement because it feels creepy. Um, and I'm just going to leave it there. I don't even want to unpack why my basement is creepy. But I don't like going into the basement because I don't feel comfortable. So what I did, I brought up my bike and some of my weights and I have them in the living room. Now, I don't have a lot of high traffic and it's not the sexiest thing seeing my bike out, but I had to get to the point where I don't care because if this is what I need to do, if I can't get to the gym or the weather's a little inclement, then this is what I have to do. And I'm coming up on this situation tomorrow where our weather in the Northeast is going to be very uh, up and down a little bit from snow to some ice. And guess what? I don't have to go to the gym. It's a nice and the gym is about 20 minutes away on a good day. 15, 20 minutes. And I don't feel like slipping and sliding in the morning just to get a workout. I got my stuff here and I'm going to use it. So that was the other thing too. When you travel, when you go on vacation, what are you going to do Does your body just get different because you're on vacation? And don't get me wrong. You can still enjoy your vacation and do all your vacation things and still take care of your body. And I think that was the freeingest thing I did when I went on vacation with my guy. He is a big walker. He's always been a walker. And oftentimes I'm the one laying in bed and he's off for his walk. And he's like, all right, babe, I'll see you when I get back. And I'm laying there and then he's bringing up my breakfast and we're feeding each other and laughing and I'm having uh, my sip of coffee. And that's the other dynamic that I've changed. I used to be a very heavy coffee drinker. I mean, I couldn't start my day without coffee. And for the longest, I would only drink black coffee. And what I found out over time is that just drinking coffee, especially for women on an empty stomach, that throws off your hormones. And it's just it just starts everything in a a bad way. So if you do want to have coffee, you need to have a meal and then get your coffee, but not coffee before your meal. And that's something I've had to retrain my brain. And it's a struggle some days. Some days when I get up because I get up about five or so, I don't want to get up at five. 
But but here's here's why the five o'clock hour is because I move slow. I knew I wasn't ready to be at the gym by 5 a.m. I know I still sometimes like to be up a little late in the evening. And I wanted to be realistic. Seven o'clock getting to the gym would be pushing it because I technically start work at 8 a.m. I can adjust my work schedule if I wanted to, but I don't want to be there any longer than I have to. (laughs) And I know I work from home. So the other compromise was get to the gym between 6 and 6.30. But I have to get moving, you know, about 5.20 and and start getting myself together, brushing my teeth. And I have my clothes laid out the night before. I have my work clothes. And yes, I wear real clothes. And sometimes they're not fancy. Sometimes it's a fancy top and it's some loose pants. But I've tried to make more of an effort in this past year to get used to wearing real clothes because the other attribute of working from home, you get so used to wearing loungy clothes when you're asked to put on real clothes, it feels like a hassle or you find out nothing fits or you find out that things just look different because your body is shifted. So I'm consciously aware of my body and and making sure that I'm picking things that complement me well and refreshing my wardrobe as I need to go. And what I have become accustomed to now is, you know, doing my two outfits, what I wear to the gym and then what I wear, you know, either for my work day or for my rest of the, the day when I'm at home. And just to make it a no brainer. I don't, I don't put it off. I don't, make excuses. I just go. And I was the type of person, the least little inconvenience, I would make of an excuse not to make it to the gym. And now it's my happy place. You know, and I'm I'm sure I could try to venture out tomorrow and see, but they're predicting like an inch, an hour or two, and it's not worth it. So guess what? I'll peel out my workout clothes And I'll just be doing my exercise routine from home. And I'll have something that I'll have going on the TV that'll keep me motivated. And that is the one thing I can say is why I keep my gym membership. Because I know that there are times when I need that extra push. And that extra push is being away from the house and to be in a different environment. To keep, to push myself. And that's the one thing I think I didn't realize I wasn't doing in all the years of me doing exercise. I would either back off as the slight of being uncomfortable, or I wouldn't do a rotation of growth within the exercise. And therefore, you know, I I didn't see a whole lot of uh, benefits. I could say that now, but at the time, it just seemed like something that, you know, just eluded me. And I will say this is the first time in years I like who I see when I get up in the morning. And I enjoy trying on clothes and I get excited about different things that I can now wear. And I feel like I got my life back. The other component is I feel really strong. And I think that's really important to feel like you have the comfort in your body the way you want it. That it's not 
fake manufacture that your body is giving you exactly what you wanted to give. There are parts of my body that I know my calves and my glutes, my arms, all of those have gotten so much stronger over these last few months. And I'm just grateful for the transformation that it's not just I'm getting smaller, but I'm also benefactoring in a lot of different ways. My energy is a lot better. I remember when I first started traveling with my boyfriend, I would be huffing and puffing like I needed an oxygen machine. And this guy would just be on the move and he would wait for me. He would. He wouldn't leave me. But I I had to really work to keep pace with him. Now, I will admit we are different in our uh, statures, so to speak. He's taller than I am and my legs are shorter and I'm I'm a short woman. I'm 5'2". So my stride is not going to be like his, you know, but... I felt so good with this last trip that we just had. I think it was just this past, last week. It was last week we just got back from Phoenix. And I was able to keep in stride with him the whole time. And I wasn't winded. I wasn't feeling like, oh, this is too much. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And I would say that's the other biggest component, too. When you start reaping the rewards of your program and seeing that it's not just about the scale or the clothes. It is so many other health benefits that you just, you you are just so excited about. If I talk about it at nauseam, it's not to shove it down your throat, but it's just to give someone out there hope and inspiration that this is very obtainable. And if you're struggling, get the help that you need from a true professional and do your homework. And just because they're a doctor doesn't mean they need to be your doctor. Everybody is not a good fit. There are so many things that you're able to get online. And I would say this, there are new weight loss medications. And with those medications, like anything else, come risk. But I would first and foremost ask that you are honest with yourself and be willing to do the work. Yes. The GLP inhibitors will definitely help your appetite. But if you don't change your habits, you will still be where you are. So coming up with sustainable habits. And that was the other thing, too, I wanted to mention. I began to add things back into my eating program. And I don't believe in diets. Um, Everybody is different. Everybody has to do something that works with them, but I just didn't want to be in a food jail. Life is hard enough. And I just decided, okay, well, we just won't have as many as often. So that's the thing. I can still have potato chips. I just can't have them every day. And if I have potato chips, I have a small amount and I have them with the protein or maybe some carrot sticks, just throwing out examples. But I had to get really real with myself. And I know I love beverages. Beverages are my weakness. I can drink my calories. So I have to be very cognizant about my water intake. And it creeps up on my butt every day. I have to consciously work at making sure I'm chugging the water because it's so easy for me not to. Water is not my natural thing. And I think that's the other thing, too, just being real with yourself and understanding who you are. Because when I started on my journey, I did a lot of those sugar-free beverages. And those were the things that in the beginning 
kept me from losing my mind. And that's the other thing too. If you know that you need, I, I hate to say a cheat day, but if you know that you need to have one day out of the week that you can eat one thing that you want, you have to be real about that. If you just say, I'm never going to have a Whopper again, and and just say, you know, I'll, I'll be able to live without it, but yet secretly that's something you really want, you're going to eventually binge and you're going to go to that point. But if you have a little bit of those things that brought you joy and just have them in moderation. Now, the other thing I had to realize for myself is I can't have a lot of access to the junky stuff here. I have to have small amounts. And sometimes when you buy things on a smaller level, it costs more. And I had to get comfortable with that. I I can't buy cases of pop at a time because I would drink it. So my treat is um, Canada Dry, the small, tiny cans. And I know that sounds weird, but I love me some Canada Dry. And I'm telling you, I have that my little ice and my little cup. And I drink that like I'm having like some sophisticated beverage and you can't tell me nothing. So I hope that you've gotten some really valuable nuggets and just know that when you're on this journey, employ the right people, vet out your team and continue to seek things that work for you. Don't give up. It is so worth it. Namaste, friends.